Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. Amen. I'll keep standing, actually. Keep standing. Come on. We got to get the energy up in this house. Um, Steve Jobs uh, said, he said, you know, when you are excited about something in your life and you really care about it, that doesn't have to push you. It pulls you. The vision pulls you. And that's what our pastors, Sam and Eliza, are all about. They really care about this church. We would not be here today if it wasn't for a vision that God gave Pastor Sam and Eliza over 17 years ago. So let's honor God and honor that vision. Come on. All right. And we're going to pray. And we're going to pray. So keep standing. Come on. Keep standing. We're going to pray for me. I need help today. We're going to pray for you. You need help too. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you your word is living and is active. And we pray that it would pierce the hearts of every person in this place, God, that walls that we put up, Father God, um, facades that we have put in place, God, would be broken. We pray for freedom. We pray for transparency. And we thank you for this place. In your name, amen. 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 Now you can sit down. Give someone a high five. Come on, give somebody a high five. Say, you look good. You look good. <laughs> so you will find that I'm, I'm very passionate. People tell me all the time, Samuel, you're so passionate. We love it. We love the passion. I'm like, okay, I, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I am passionate. I'm passionate about church. If you're here today, you're the smartest people in all of Asheville. I believe that firmly. If you're here today, it's because you are anticipating a big move of God in your life. That's all. I'm passionate about that, but that's not why I'm passionate. That's not why I'm passionate. I'm passionate because God's changed my life. God's changed my life. And that's why I believe with all my heart that as I share the word today, if you can respond by saying amen, preach it. If you feel like your heart just stirring on the inside, rise up. Because I realize the more that I put into something, the more I get out of it. So, as I'm preaching, I'm okay with some handkerchiefs waving in the air. I'm okay with some people jumping up and down, because that's what we're all about. We're passionate because God changed our lives, you know? Amen. So, we're gonna, I'm going to share a story today. Um, and you guys might be drinking out of a fire hose this morning, because I have 23 minutes. But it's okay. It's okay. So, um, if you guys don't know me, um, my name's Samuel, my beautiful wife, Marissa. Um, she's in the front row. We have um, a son, Grayson, who's three. We have a daughter, Charlotte Lurie, who is one. And just the most beautiful, perfect family I could ever ask for. And um, we're from uh, San Diego, actually. I met my beautiful wife in San Diego over eight years ago. And we felt God, um, probably about a year and a half ago, um, start calling us back to this area. We weren't sure, like, how long this would be. We weren't sure what it would look like. But God started speaking to us. Well, I guess it was me at first. God started speaking to me. My wife thought she heard God, and she thought it was a coincidence. I, I thought it was confirmation. But, you know, um, she started hearing from God, too. So we're like, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to go to Asheville. We're going to go back to Asheville. And, and actually, um, I'm from here. I went to ACA, Asheville Christian Academy. And um, so we came back, and we were really excited about what God was doing because we were obeying his voice, and we thought it was going to be easy. 
We thought it was going to be easy. We're like, oh, if we, if we obey God, it's going to be a blessing and favor. The, uh, the streets can be paved with gold. It'll be great. But you know what? That didn't happen. You know, we, um, we got our house in Candler, and we've been enjoying life. And all of a sudden in July, I got let go from a very successful job I had. I'm like, wait a second, God. This is not supposed to happen. You said come to Asheville because you had something for me, and losing my job does not sound like that's what you had for me. How many have you been in that situation where you're like, will you obey the voice of God, and then something goes wrong, you think? You think, it, you think it's like, you know, something's up. And so I lose my job, and I'm like, I couldn't believe it. You know, and then several weeks later, I'm like, okay, well, I can move on. I can move on. Well, my son, he was climbing up on a shelf, um, and the shelf came down on top of him, and he broke his femur. He broke his femur. He was in a, uh, they call it a, a hip spiky cast, which is a body cast from the chest down for eight weeks. And I was like, God, what's going on here? Maybe I missed it. I almost, I, I, I almost put my family back in the car, and we were going to go back to San Diego. I was like, what is going on? What is happening? So we'll move on a little forward. My son's, praise God, actually, he's walking now. He's walking. So um, you'll see him back. Uh, he's somewhere in this place. So make sure you give him a high five. Um, it's, a, it's a huge, um, you know, a lot of times kids need physical therapy. But he was walking within a week after he was out of the cast. So um, we're just praying for the complete healing because when they, when they set the leg, they set it a little bit shorter than the other leg. So he has to walk with a little swagger. But, you know, they say it's going to grow out of it. So praise God. Um, and then what happened? So we're like, okay, Grayson's out of the cast. We, we've hit our rhythm. You know, I got a new job. Marissa's got a new job. Everything's good. And then I, get, I turn the car on in the morning, and I see our registration out on the front seat. I'm thinking, that's weird. That's weird. And drive to work, come back home. I'm like, babe, did you take the registration out last night? No. And then she's like, where's my computer? Where's my $1,500 computer? Well, someone had broken into our car in Candler and stolen Marissa's computer. So it's like, come on, what's going to happen next? And so here we are today, praise God. We're still alive. We're still healthy. And, you know, God's been speaking to me a lot about what's been going on in my life. So what I'm going to share with you today is not just my testimony but is I believe the word of God for you. Okay, so grab your uh, grab your neighbor and hold on tight. So as I as I was praying, I'm like, what is going on? And God spoke to me. And when God speaks, it brings such encouragement to your heart. He said, "Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. I have to do a work in you before I can do a great work through you." I have to do great, oh, I was like, God, well, I thought I was already okay. You know, like, everybody seems to like me. I thought it was okay. No, God said, but God showed me that my security was in my job. My protection was in what I gave my family. I, held, I enjoyed my nice things. And God was showing me that I had a faulty foundation of what I was standing on. And whether or not, you know, 
this was something that was supposed to happen or it happened, God's turning around for good because I know now that I'm a better person who I am today than I was eight weeks, two months ago because God is doing something inside of me. And I want to share with you today that the worst may still happen to you, but God's got a better plan. God is faithful enough to pull you through the hardest of times. Amen? Amen. So God said, do not be discouraged. I'm doing a great work in you. And I remember once, I don't know why it was the MacBook, but once the MacBook was stolen, I just, I broke down. It wasn't the MacBook. I just was like at my end. I called my my buddy, Chris. Chris Villianco, he's been a lifetime friend for um, 20 some years. And I said, man, I can't do this anymore. It wasn't the MacBook. I was just tired. I just wanted to give up. I couldn't do this anymore. And he said something, and I was so broken that physically I don't remember what he said. I asked God to show me. <laughs> but I knew my spirit, man, when he spoke it, it came alive again. And that's what I needed. See, a lot of times when we go through difficult things in life, we surround ourselves with people who just want to hold you and say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But you need to separate yourself from the people that just want to hold you the whole time and people that can actually speak truth and speak life into your body. Because a lot of times we find comfort in just making sure that, you know, things are going to be okay. But God wants something better for you than just okay. God wants things to be great for you in your life. Amen? So turn with me. Oh, don't put the slide on yet. Don't. So turn with me to 2 Corinthians 4 verse, uh, let's look at verse 8. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may also manifest in our bodies. Verse 16, we do not lose heart. Say that again. We do not lose heart. Though our self, our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not, say not. not. Underline that. We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So what I had to do was I had to fix my eyes on things that I couldn't see. And the natural things look pretty crappy. Things look pretty bad. But I couldn't look at my situation the way I saw them. Because if I did, I was setting myself up for failure. If I saw my situation through my natural eyes, I wouldn't have the eyes to see what God had in store for me. Amen? So the title of my message is called The Greenhouse Effect. Come on, somebody. The Greenhouse Effect. So a greenhouse is a place of preservation, a place of protection, and a place of nourishment. A temperature is maintained within a desired range. Greenhouses use the elements around them to thrive on the inside. When the heat is on, The greenhouses use that heat to cause what's on the inside to thrive. So 
You may be like, why the greenhouse effect, Samuel? Well, I'll tell you why. The greenhouse effect is because no matter what season you are in, it could be spring season, it could be summer season, it could be fall, it could be winter. No matter what is happening on the inside of you in your greenhouse, God is wanting you to thrive. You cannot say, well, this is my season, so I'm going to suffer through this. No. God wants you to thrive on the inside, and that's the greenhouse effect. The greenhouse, it will take the heat, it will take the pressure, and it will create life on the inside. And that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants you to take the heat and take the pressure on the outside and say, I'm not going to let this. I may be afflicted, but I'm not shut down. I may be perplexed, but I'm not despaired, because on the inside, I know God's doing something. I know God's doing something. Amen? Come on, that's a good word. So, the greenhouse spirit does not deny what is happening. So, a lot of times, Christians, we say, I'm just not listening. I don't see anything. If I close my eyes and ears, nothing bad can happen to me. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, the greenhouse does not deny the season, but it does not allow the season to dictate the fruit that is produced on the inside. Does that make sense? That's why we have strawberries year-round. Who loves strawberries? I love me some strawberries. We have strawberries year-round because we have greenhouses. Amen? Amen. Okay. So, if you are a note-taker, get your pen and paper out. If you're um, not a Christian and don't have your notebook, I understand too. No, uh, no, but please find a neighbor. I want you guys to take some notes because a lot of times... I forget things. I forget a lot of things what my wife will ask me. I'll go to the grocery store to buy, I'm supposed to buy milk, and I come back with something that's not milk. So, but paper never forgets, all right? So make sure you write this down. Number one, don't be discouraged. So I'm going to share with you my personal um, transition through all this. I struggled with the why. I'm going to read out of Joshua 1, verse 5. And six, no man shall be able to stand you. This is the Lord God speaking to Joshua. Moses had just died. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. So here's the thing. It's okay to be down. It's okay to be down. I had so many moments where I, and I'm not an emotional guy. I'm not. But I was at my breaking point so many times. It's okay to be down, but it's not okay to be out. You can be down, but don't let that take you out. See, the enemy will say, hey, you can't get on. You can't move on. I remember I had such personal anxiety in my heart. I would wake after I lost my job because it was, I had such, you know, um, I had such identity in my job. After I lost it, I would wake up in a cold sweat full of anxiety. And I never suffer from anxiety, guys. I'm pretty, I'm pretty courageous. I'm like a man's man, you know. I don't have, any, I don't have anxiety. But I did. But I did. And it's okay to have those moments of anxiety, but you can't stay there. I'm speaking to some people here today. You can't stay in your depression. You can't stay in your anxiety. You can be down, just don't get out. You can be down, just don't get out. Because it's okay to question God, why did this happen? God's a big God. It's okay to question him. Because he knows when you question why, 
You're that, you're that much closer to God. You're that, that's much closer to finding your answer. So it's okay to ask why. I ask God, why my son, my perfect healthy son, why did he have to break his leg? I don't have the answer for that. But in those moments, my heart drew closer to God. Amen. Even though I may have not gotten my answer, my spirit was strengthened in the Lord. Whatever God calls you to, he's going to provide that strength. He's going to provide that encouragement. All right. Number two. God doesn't want you to lose your problem. He wants you to use it. God doesn't want you because for me, I just like, God, take this away. I don't want to deal with this anymore. But God doesn't want you to lose your problem. He wants you to use it because that's your testimony. God doesn't want to take you immediately out of what you're going through because he knows that one day that's going to be the rock you stand on. You can't think the same way. Um, when I, oh, two weeks after um, I was let go from my job, somebody came to me and said, you look, you look good. You look okay. And I, I personally thought that was a very nice compliment. That I looked okay, looked good, because, you know, I care about how I look. But, that, but that, what they were saying was, we would have expected you to, to look different. See, how you look is a prophetic statement of where you're going to be. How you look is a prophetic statement of where you're going to be. A lot of times when we go through depression, when we go through hard times, we kind of let go of ourselves. But I, I determine myself, I'm not going to shrink back. I'm going to step forward. I don't know what is in store for me, but I know it's good because I know my God. Amen? Amen. So what's, what happens a lot of times is we come to the altar on Sunday morning. We get prayer. We get encouragement. We feel good on Sunday. But then we wake up on Monday morning, and our problem is still there. And we're like, God, I got prayer on Sunday. I got deliverance on Thursday night at the healing rooms. But my problem is still there. My problem is still there. But here's the thing. You will have the same Monday, but you're going to have a different mindset. You're going to have the same Monday, but God's actually doing something in the inside that no matter what is going on around you, you can say, hey, it's the same problem, but it's a new me. It's the same problem I'm facing, but on the inside, I'm different. The inside, I'm different. Henry Ford says, if you think you can and you think you can't, you're both right. We'll, we'll let that preach. All right. Number, number three, forgive. Forgive. Ephesians 4, verse 31. says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, verse 32. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God forgave you. So I had to forgive some people I used to work with. It was really hard. It was really hard. I was like, why'd you do that? You know? I'd forgive people I worked with. I, I had to actually find myself being able to drive by my old place of work and say, God, I bless that place. I praise the most prosperous, most success, successful financial branch in the area. Because I knew when I could do that, I really forgave them. 
And that's hard. My wife's like, why are you doing that? She's like, we were driving down the road. God, I bless that. I bless that company. Why? She's like, why are you? And I was like, I have to. Because I know if I can bless them, then I've forgiven them. A lot of you, you may think you've forgiven somebody, but you're like, I'm not going to let them back in. I'm not going to bless them. I'm not going to accept them again. And that's not true forgiveness. See, unforgiveness is drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. Unforgiveness is drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. Jesus says that there is freedom when you forgive. They may not deserve it, but you do. It's my attitude that makes a difference. Number four, stay connected. A lot of times when we have difficult things happen in our life, we feel like we have to do a lot more things. But God spoke to me. He said, um, it was actually, I was listening to a pastor out of the UK, and he said something that changed my world. He said, don't be high function, be high family. Don't be high function, but be high family. And what he was saying was that when we have difficult things, when we have difficult seasons, we try to perform. We try to do a lot of things so we can forget what's going on. But in those moments, God doesn't want you to perform because performance is man-made. Family is God-made. That's why we have connect groups. That's why you have to go be at Kimberly and Chip's connect group this Monday because you need to be connected. I called my friend Chris because I needed that support. So many people say I can do it on my own. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I said, make sure you're at church on Sunday. And that person responded saying, well, church is everywhere. It's the people I associate with. Sorry, guys, it's not. You have to be at church on Sunday. I'll tell you why. Because Psalms 92 says, those who are planted in the house of God prosper. You need your brothers and sisters. You can't say, well, I'm going to skip church on Sunday because I don't feel like it. You have to, no matter what you feel like, you need to be there because God's got something for you. Come on, come on. We need, we need some energy. Come on. You need to be here every Sunday because God's got something for you. You could be going through the worst. I, guys, I didn't want to come to church on Sunday when I lost my job. I didn't want to come to church on Sunday when my son broke his femur. But I showed up every Sunday because I knew God had something for me. I knew I couldn't miss what he had. I knew I needed encouragement. I knew I needed support. The moment you isolate yourself is the moment you find yourself destroyed. See, the... The enemy doesn't go against the flock. He goes against the stragglers, the ones that go astray. Amen. There's strength and unity. Um, number five. And if I could have the worship team come back up. So number four was stay connected. Yeah, since you're taking notes. <laughs> And um, number five is declare the word of God. Prophesy your future. Prophesy your future. What I had to do when I went through, and I'd say, I wouldn't say I'm out of it, but I'd say, you know, I'm through, I believe I'm through the thick of it. When I went through my challenging times, I had to say, it's going to be okay. 
It's going to be okay. God's got great things in store for me. What the enemy meant for harm, God's going to turn around for good. The moment I found myself prophesying my future, the moment I saw things shift. In my finance, I said, the Lord, you are the, you're the provider. You said you would give seed to the sower. I need some seed, Father God. And the moment I started declaring that, the moment provision started coming in. Your greatest season is about to begin. Your greatest season is about to begin. What God started, he will finish. I'd be, I'd be willing to admit I miss God, maybe. If, if, if it came to that, if God's like, Samuel, I didn't call you to Asheville. I called you to Nashville. You know, you just, you dropped. You, you, I'm, okay, I'm okay to, to, uh, to admit that. But I'm going to give it my all wherever I am. Because this is going to be my greatest season. This is the greenhouse effect. This is the greenhouse effect. It may be winter on the outside, but you're thriving on the inside. You're, you're providing strawberries to your local Ingles because you got the greenhouse. Um, Mary Ann Radmacher, I think I pronounced that correctly. She said that courage is that still small voice saying, I'm going to try this again tomorrow. (laughs) Courage is that still small voice saying, I'm going to try this again tomorrow. In just a moment, if you accepted Christ for the first time or rededicated your life, I want you to come forward. We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. We want to get you plugged into a connect group. But also, if this word was for you, and you're like, I don't have the greenhouse effect. I need some encouragement. In a moment, we're going to have everybody come forward for that. But I'm going to read the word of God. I talked about number five, declaring the word of God. Isaiah 26, 3 verse 4 says, excuse me, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord is in an everlasting rock. Psalm 34 verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them all. James 1, 2 verse 4, count it all joy, brethren, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfast. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. Romans 4:18. And hope against hope, he believed that he would not be, that he would become the father of many nations. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promises of God. But he grew in his faith and he gave God glory, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Amen. Amen.
Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you were the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you that you are Alpha, Omega, and beginning end. And I pray for every heart in this room. I thank you, God, that you are not done with them yet. They may be down, but they're not out, Father God. I thank you they're going to use their problem and not use it. I thank you, God, Father. I'm sorry. They're going to use their problem and not lose it. I thank you, God, that there are great things in store, better things that they can even imagine. I speak prosperity. I speak blessing. I speak health. I speak restoration. I thank you, God, that you are a great Father who's doing a great work in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.